Today, our scripture reading comes from Acts 2, verses 37 through 39. Hear the word of the Lord. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far away, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to him. The, Lord, the word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Now, nobody wants to start their vacation um, with the newscast that there's a hurricane brewing in the Gulf. Um, and as, as, we, as we started our vacation, we, we kept an eye on the storm as it moved in uh, really unpredictable ways of, of trying to figure out what the impact would be. And so as we saw that it was moving away from uh, the panhandle where we were, more towards uh, the mainland, uh, there, there was no joy of, of realizing that the impact would miss us because realizing that millions of other lives would be affected. And yet, we got to see some impact in just some really incredible ways. So one of the things that you see in storms, uh, maybe ones that we're more familiar with than hurricanes or tornadoes or just moments of great destruction is afterwards, you see moments of hope and life kind of rippling out in ways that you didn't anticipate. People becoming heroic and really moving in, in incredible ways of saving lives and showing up in the midst of some of the hardest moments of life. There are no limits to the goodness that you can do even in the face of hardship. It ripples out from you in ways that you can't anticipate and changes lives and changes the world. One of, the, uh, one of the unforeseen impacts of uh, the storm that hit Florida, Hurricane Ian, this past week was uh, even uh, over 500 miles away for we were from where it hit, um, there on the coast, it, it pulled all of the water out of the bay and away from the coastline. And so there were portions of uh, the, the coast right there on the Gulf and in St. Joseph's Bay that uh, were exposed that people said that they hadn't seen in decades. And so people went out and were just walking on sandbars that before had been accessible and uh, looking for different things and uh, just the, the calmness and the smoothness of uh, just the water that had just been pulled further back than most people had even remembered. And as many of y'all know, one of, one of the requirements of my marriage to Julia is she requires me to walk on the beach every morning on vacation, whether I want to or not. 
I said, it's in my marriage vows. My marriage vows are for better or for worse. That's one of the worst moments, but we got to do it. But that morning was probably one of the best walks I'd ever had on the beach. We got to see different things that we'd never seen before. Um, we got to, to kind of pick up different rocks and shells that had been shaped by waves that beforehand had kind of been inaccessible to us. But the, the smoothness of the waves uh, was something I hadn't really ever encountered at that particular beach before. And, and so I would love to, to pick up rocks and pick up shells. And if many of y'all know me, uh, if I'm holding a rock next to a body of water, I'm, I'm going to try to skip it. And it doesn't have to be, what, what kind of rocks make the best skipping rocks? Do y'all know? Yeah, the, the flat ones, right? But did you know that if you try to throw something hard enough, you make just about anything skip? <laughs> At least one time, right? And so I would pick up different rocks and different shells, and I would try to skip them across the waves just to see how far I got. And as many of y'all know, when you skip a rock, you, you kind of see those points of impact, and you're always focused on how far the rock will go. I'm always wondering how many skips I can get. Can I get it across a pond? Can I get it across a river? How, how many waves can I make this jump over? I'm always focused on how far I can make the rock go. But this particular week, as I was kind of looking, it occurred to me that the very last kind of decelerated, slow, kind of sad impact that the rock would finally make on uh, its last final skip, it would hit the wave or hit the water and it would sink underneath it. But the ripples from that one final impact would join all the other ripples that were behind it. It would extend even further than any throw that I could ever do. And in fact, I had been so focused on how far I could skip or throw a rock that I had missed the fact that there had been these impacts all along the way. These ripples that were unanticipated from the very first steps in the water to the very first last point of impact where the rock hit, there were these ripples that kept moving across the water in ways that I hadn't anticipated. And faith is very much like that. That on this journey, we're focused a lot of times on the big impacts. We're focused on uh, the journey, on the successes, maybe just how far we can go. Uh, but there's all these other unintended ripples. These waves, these moments, these, these impacts that continue to expand out much wider than anything we ever anticipated uh, to move in some really incredible ways. It changes the landscape of everything that it was close to, both near and far. Over this next month, we're going to be talking about impact generosity. And this is our stewardship month, the month of October. And so typically this is the month where we talk about money, we talk about budgets, we talk about giving. But, but this year, we want to talk about things a little bit differently, and we want to talk about impact. Uh, we want to talk about the way that lives are changed. We want to talk about the way that the, the vision and the mission that we've come up with to maximize mission and service, to, uh, to build engaging ministries, to, uh, to build welcoming uh, communities of faith connected across generations and cultures, uh, the impacts that those have in our community. Because that's really what we're giving back is the empowerment that God gave us, us going forth and now doing something with that to change lives. And that happens in moments where we don't anticipate those impacts and those ripples everywhere that you encounter this week. You leave small little waves and impacts and touches that can change people's lives in deep and incredible ways. And sometimes ways that you see, and then in other times, ways that you don't see. So I've got two stories 
uh, that I want to share with you today. Uh, the first story is one that happened here in this community over 50 years ago. Uh, and none of you know this particular story. And if some of you do, maybe just one or two people in the room might be familiar with it. And it happened long before this church was ever known as First United Methodist Church. At the time, this church was known as Central United Methodist Church. And it was October 9th, sometime in the mid-70s, at 1 o'clock in the morning, a 21-year-old man named Gregory from Lincoln, Nebraska, worked in a circus, had been finishing up some, some shows around Florida, had come up through Montgomery to do some repairs on some trucks, to get some rest and then continue on to close out the rest of their shows. About one o'clock in the morning on I-65, one of, the, one of the circus trucks broke down. And Gregory and a couple of his other co-workers, they got out, were working on the truck, and another driver going down the interstate at one o'clock in the morning ended up hitting Gregory and pinning his leg up against the trailer, but didn't stop and continued just driving, disappearing into the night. Now, Gregory was taken to Shelby Memorial Hospital and was there for over a month and ended up getting his leg amputated during the time that he was here. And a local reporter went and interviewed Gregory and asked him about this experience. And he talked about, at first, all I could think about was I was just so far from home. But then he said, thank God it happened here. So what would, it, what would, what would happen, have to happen for a 21-year-old guy from Lincoln, Nebraska, who works in a circus, to get hit by a car and, and, and one leg fewer than he showed up with to say, thank God that it happened here in this community? Because what happened was the families here at this church got together with Pelham United Methodist Church and started visiting him every day. They said he got up to 10 visitors a day. They talked to him about how they could care for him best, and he said that he wished that his mother, Violet, would be able to come down. And so uh, the, the church members, they raised up money in the community, and they flew Violet from Nebraska all the way down here, and she arrived the day before his surgery to be with him. They hosted her. They took her out to eat. They brought them food. And I'm going to read from you the, the newspaper article from this particular story that I found in, in one of the, the notebooks here at the church. It said, spearheaded by Central United Methodist Church in Alabaster and Pelham United Methodist Church, locals raised money for a round-trip plane ticket for his mother, Violet. She flew down November 1st, shortly before his surgery, and has been with him ever since, sleeping on a cot in his room and at night. And although she has received offers to stay in local homes, she has also been taken out to eat by church members, calling those who've helped beautiful people. And she agreed that there's no end to what these people do. There's no end to what these people do. And when I read that line, I just thought about legacy and impacts that we have on our lives. That even a story that happened 50 years ago is a part of the story and the impact that this congregation continues to have in this community. 
that there's no end to what we do because sometimes the actions that we take in life to care for others that look like such small moments of grace or compassion or mercy, they ripple out in profound and incredible ways. And they change lives and they change the world in ways that we don't anticipate. Because there's no end to what we can do because you cannot even see the fullness of what God is doing through you. What God does through your prayers, what God does through your presence, what God does through your gifts, through your service, through your witness, through just showing up and displaying grace and mercy and love and peace in somebody's lives, you can change the course of somebody's lives in ways that you never anticipate. And those, rest, the, those ripples and those waves and those impacts keep going further than we could ever have imagined. And the, so some of the greatest successes that we have had in life are ones that we don't even know about. They're not focused on how successful we've become or how large we've become or where, where we have gone in life, but in the lives that we've changed through the journey and the process on the way. And the scripture that you read here today, uh, that, that Michelle read here this morning, uh, comes from the very last part of the story of the Holy Spirit falling at Pentecost. And in that story, the disciples that went from uh, waiting for over 40 days, watching Jesus ascend back into heaven, and then really asking the question, what happens next? All of a sudden, they encounter something that they didn't anticipate. And yet, Jesus had told them about all along. The baptism, the baptism of the Holy Spirit falling upon them, and all of a sudden these disciples, these fishermen, these tax collectors, these people uh, from other regions are starting to come, and they go preaching out into the streets, and they start uh, speaking in tongues, and they start preaching, they start uh, telling other people about the love and the promise of God, and it starts changing lives. And, and what, every, what every preacher loves to hear in this scripture, it says, they were cut to the heart, and said, what do we have to do next? See, sometimes people listen to sermons, right? What do we have to do next? And so Peter says, it's all the things that, that you know that you have to do, repent and be baptized, be filled with the Holy Spirit. For this promise of God is for you. These impacts and these touches, these movements in our lives that we all know of what it takes to draw close to God, these promises are for you for your children, and here's the part that we sometimes skip right over, and for all who are far away. The promise of God is for you, but not just for you. The promise of God touches you, and it lands on you, and anoints you, and it changes your life, but it ripples out from you. But it spreads out from you in these, these growing circles of grace, of mercy, of compassion, and the way that God has touched our lives and healed our lives and, and changed our lives in ways we didn't anticipate, those continue to ripple off of us and continue to change the spaces that we go into in incredibly powerful ways, in ways that we don't always see, in ways that we don't always anticipate. Because these promises of God change your very lives. They change my life. They change everybody's lives that we encounter because they're so much different than anything else that the world offers. And we call it faith because sometimes we don't know just how far those ripples can go. Now I want to tell you a second story. Another story that maybe only a handful of people in the room know about a gentleman that wanted to join the church recently. 
Now, he had been uh, involved in the ministry of the church for some time. And in fact, I had sat down with lunch recently with him and a friend. And, uh, and he said, you know, I've been coming to this church longer than you. He said, I've only recently started visiting the worship services, but I've been coming to this church for over 20 years. Participating in different outreach ministries and, and different programs that the church does. Showing up at different events and being faithful in really incredible ways that you wouldn't see him. And you wouldn't know him. But he came and he visited each of our worship services over the last several months, over the last years. And he decided that he wanted to be baptized. And he wanted to celebrate communion because that's something that he hadn't experienced yet. I told him, I said, you know, membership is, is, is not a barrier to communion. It's, it's open to all people to experience the, the life of God. And he said, you know, I know. But he was like, it's something that I, I want to do. And I want to do it with this church. And he wanted to do it because pretty soon he was going to be moving away. And so we looked for a date and uh, we tried to schedule it with some other schedules and with some family members and try to work out the right time to where we could celebrate his baptism, be able to celebrate communion with him. But he unexpectedly passed away before we had that moment. And I shared this story with Pastor Terry beforehand, and, uh, and I said, I don't, I don't know if this is the right story to share. And she said, it doesn't really have that, that movie-type ending, Right? It doesn't have the happy ending that you'd expect like the first story we told. But in fact, it has a deeper meaning. Because even though he passed away before we were able to share that moment with him, to make sure he had that experience, the truth is that you here in this room and you here at this church, and for those that are watching online, you, you changed his life in a profound way. He wanted to be a part of what you were doing. He wanted to be a part of this family. And even though he was moving away to another state, he wanted that experience to be able to be shared with you, who'd been impacting his life for over 20 years. As he wrestled with different things in his life, as he wrestled with grief at the loss of a spouse, he came and found comfort and healing as a part of this congregation. You changed and touched his life and never even knew it. He participated for over 20 years before he started coming to a service. And wanted to share that moment with you. The ripples that we have in our lives touch people in ways that we will never know. That we will never anticipate. We don't know just how far and just how deep they will go. But that's because God is in that business as well. Because the Holy Spirit that we walk alongside, it takes those moments in our lives and it ripples them out in ways that we can't anticipate. And so every small gift that we have to offer, every moment where we show up, even when it's difficult, God faithfully takes those moments and those sacrifices and makes them so much larger than anything we could have ever imagined in the first place. That's called faith. That's called being the church and having an impact in this world. So through this stewardship month, we're going to be talking about dollars and cents. We're going to be talking about budgets, but we're really going to be talking about impact because our community is changing. This church is changing. 
Just over the last two years, our giving has declined over $100,000 a year. Since 2019 to today, over $100,000 in giving difference. Now, there's all sorts of reasons for that, and there's, there, there, there's no bad reason for that. It's, it's the way of life in the world that we're living in right now, and so we're not trying to recapture that. We're not trying to refund that, but we are trying to rethink that. Rethink what it means for us to show up in this community and to change people's lives. Rethinking how we use our spaces, rethinking how we do ministry, because we have learned over the last couple years of worshiping differently, of praying differently, of, of, of learning differently. We have found different ways of doing things. And so how is the impact that we want to have in this community need to be different? And that's where you come in. As we pray about it, as we rethink it, as we discern how God is asking us to go and maximize our mission and service to offer engaging ministries, to build a welcoming community connected across generations and cultures as we're creative in the ways that we seek after God and the way that we love others and the way that we live in hope. That all comes down to you. In the ways that we rethink our giving, in the ways that we rethink our prayers, our presence and showing up for worship, participating in worship, participating in events and missions and service, and the ways that we change lives because we realize that when we show up for other people in life, those ripples and impacts expand larger than anything we've ever imagined. So over this next week, you're going to start receiving a couple different things. You're going to receive a letter from me and inside of that is going to be celebrating. It's going to be stories about celebrating impacts that we've had over this last year. And it's kind of going to come with an estimate of giving card. And that estimate of giving card uh, for the first two weeks of the month is going to be a prayer tool. It's going to be a prayer tool for you and your families, for me and my family, as we think about ways that we can impact the church through our giving, but not just financially, but the giving of our time, our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness of the impact that we would like to have. And what that looks like here in this community. And then on October 23rd, we're going to have a chance in worship to, to fill out cards together, to offer prayers together, to be able to commit ourselves to the vision and the mission that God has given us for this community to make ripples and waves. To impact people's lives. To find ways that we can keep showing up in a way that even though it's difficult, because over the last couple of years, y'all have faced every difficulty and every obstacle and every odd that has been stacked against you. You have kept showing up in incredible and powerful ways. Here in worship services, online, through ways that you've helped in mission service and projects, the way that you've sent people to, to spiritual retreats and formation, the ways that we have increased in, in spiritual depth. We have sought after the very word and the life of God and made impact in people's lives. And that's something to celebrate as we move into the year ahead. And so as we go forth, we step out in faith of realizing that God goes before us. God has already been using you. God has already impacted this community in incredibly deep and powerful ways. And so to be a part of this congregation, to be a part of this church, whether you're just visiting or you're a member, it doesn't matter one way or the other. You are agreeing to be a person of impact. To show up for others in acts of mercy and grace, of love and peace. And to help change their lives in ways that we will never even fully understand. And we, so we show up because God first showed up for us. Will you pray with me this morning? 
Almighty and gracious God, we give you thanks. Lord, we give you thanks for your word, for your Holy Spirit that empowers us to go forth into this world with your mercy, Lord, with your peace and your grace, that we might be those that help others, that we might be those that help heal the world, that we might be those that help bring life and peace, that we show up in faith and mercy because, Lord, you first showed up for us. And we go forth wanting to have the impact that comes with walking in your spirit. As we pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen and amen.